Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We hope that you enjoyed this message and that it speaks to your heart. I'm just excited to be here today. I'm glad that you're here today. I uh, am excited about what God's going to speak today. I believe he's got an awesome message for us today. Here's, here's something that I've noticed, okay? In, in the sport of rodeo, and I mean, some of you guys are in the sport of rodeo, you've been in the sport of rodeo, but some of you haven't, but in the sport of rodeo, pretty much everybody that travels, you know, in rodeo, they, they have what we call traveling partners, right? I mean, you've seen it. I mean, you got, you know, bronc riders, they usually travel with bronc riders. You usually don't have any like bronc riders or rough stock guys, you know, on the timed event, you know, running with timed event guys. I mean, that's kind of not right, right? Why? Is that right? I don't know. I mean, but you usually have like bronc riders, rough stock guys, you know, they'll travel with other bronc riders. You'll have team ropers that, you know, they obviously have a partner, so they have a traveling partner they go with. Uh, bulldoggers, you know, they, they travel with other bulldoggers and they may ride the same horse, you know, usually one great horse that they use. You know, barrel racers, I don't know anything about them. Do they travel together? Or do they get in cat fights all the time? They, they travel with bull riders. Oh, okay. Uh, or is it calf ropers? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, even in, you know, in all kinds of rodeo, they always have traveling partners, right? In the ranch rodeo, I mean, you have a traveling partner because you have teammates and you travel with them. Most of the time, again, you have traveling partners. The most famous traveling partners, you guys could probably name them, and they were bull riders. Who were they? Cody, Lane Frost, right? Remember him? Tough Hedeman, Cody Lambert, and who's the last young buck? Ty Murray. Anybody heard of Ty Murray, eight-time world champion? I mean, one of the best. Anyways, so these guys, if you've never been in the sport of rodeo, these guys were the best of the best. Back in the day, we're going to talk about back in the day today. It's like, you know, Joe Montana, Brett Favre. Now we're going to talk about these old school cowboys. Now, again, they were the best of the best, and they traveled together. And anytime they would show up, again, they were going to what? They were going to win, right? I mean, the other cowboys would groan when these guys showed up because they're like, dang it, Lane's here, you know, Tuff's here. All those guys are here because they were winners and they were, they were good. And so you may be thinking, well, what are the benefits of having some traveling partners to go down the rodeo, you know, road with? Well, I, I've asked a few guys. I've never traveled, you know, the rodeo scene and all that stuff. But, but here's, here's what I, I've learned. You know, it's just better to have a traveling partner when you go down the rodeo. You know, I'll give you a few examples. You know, obviously you can share the driving, right? Some of you guys have traveled the rodeo scene and you know that you can share the driving. Like if you have to be in another state the next night, it's always better to have someone else driving or you're wiped out the next day and you don't even, you know, rope good or, you know, ride good or whatever, right? I mean, that's, that's a benefit of having a traveling partner. The other thing is it's cheaper, Right? I mean, think about it. You can five, you know, get five guys in a Cadillac, like Lane and all those guys, you know, a convertible Cadillac or Lane. Remember in the movie, he got a fancy van, you know, that had like Lane Frost, world champion, you know, all that stuff. But you pile five or six guys in there and then you can travel a lot cheaper. You know, the other thing is you can motivate each other. Right. If someone's in a slump, you can motivate them. You can encourage them. You know, you can tell them, hey, you're going to ride this next one. You know, you can help them get ready. You know, I've seen a lot of guys on the back of the chutes, and what are they doing with the, with the bull riding friend of theirs? They're pulling their rope, right? 
They pull their rope, they get them ready. The calf ropers, I mean, they travel with other guys so that those other guys can get in that, you know, that, that, um, the calf chute and push their calf for them because they trust them to get that calf just right so that that calf will come out straight and give them a better chance of winning. Um, if you're single, you know, and young and you're a cowboy and you have traveling partners, it's good to have someone when you hit on another guy's girlfriend and he wants to break your nose. Amen? Anybody been there? I mean... So I'm saying when you're single and young, <laughs> Some of you got, I'm not married. I'm saying when you're single and young, that's always a good thing. The other thing is you can have a lot more fun. I mean, when you're with people, you know, and they like to have a little fun and, you know, you can travel with them. I mean, there's some exciting things that can happen, right? It's things that we don't speak of, right? Because we don't really want to know those stories, but it's just fun. I mean, you can just have a whole lot of fun. Well, here's the point that I want to make, okay? Just like having traveling partners in the rodeo, I believe that we should, that it's vital for us to have some godly, Christ centered traveling partners as well in life. Are you with me? Now, when I talk about Christ centered, you may be thinking, well, what's that mean, Christ centered? Well, when I talk about that, I'm talking about people and friends that are lovers of Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. I got the clapping section over here. How about the north side? Anybody want to clap on today? North side. Come on now. Can we do the wave? You know, no, I'm not going to get it today. But um, but it's just true. I'm talking about, you know, traveling partners that are Christ centered and your relationship with each other is Christ centered. And you say, OK, but what's the benefit? I mean, I got some great friends, but what's the benefit of having a Christ-centered traveling partner or Christ-centered friendship? Well, again, just like in a rodeo scene, they can help you out. When you get tired of life, when you get discouraged, you're not winning some battles, right? They're there to help you overcome and help you get through that situation. Obviously, you make fewer mistakes as well. When I have somebody that I'm traveling with and they go, hey, Bo, that's probably the wrong path before I take the path, that's usually a better thing, right? Because they're there for us. They can motivate us to be who God wants us to be, to be who he wants us to be and build us up spiritually, I mean, when you have Christ-centered friendships, they, they, they challenge you to be more like Jesus. You know, the word Christian actually means to be Christ-like. And when you have friends that are encouraging you to do that, again, that's a benefit. That's a great thing. And when you get into a fight with the devil, right, they're there and they have your back. Amen? That's, that's, that's a good thing right there. And, and last but not least, but just like I said about the rodeo traveling partners, you can have a lot of fun with a lot of Christian friends. Can, can I get an amen? Christy, come on now. I mean, I, I, and I'm going to talk about this some later, but I think there's this, this, um, this stigma, this, this rumor that's out there that says, you know, if you're a Christian, you've got to be a stuck-up little sourpuss. You know, you can't have any fun. You can't do anything fun. I mean, if you laugh too much in church and if the you know, preacher tells too many jokes, then I'm not going back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but the truth is, I've had the most fun that I've ever had with some great Christ-centered friends. The most fun. And guess what? I remembered it. <laughs> some of you guys are like, man, had a lot of memories. Don't remember any of them, you know. <clears throat> I remembered all mine. But so here's the thing. Today I want to start a series, and it's one of the most exciting series. And again, you know, it's one of the most exciting series that I think I'm ever going to be able to preach. And that it's called this, Traveling Partners. Traveling Partners. And here's the subtitle, Christ-Centered Friendships for the Ride of Life. 
Christ-centered friendships for the right of life. Anybody recognize these guys? Who's on the right right there with his eye boogered up and black? Anybody know him? That's Tuff Hedeman. Yeah, one of the best bull riders ever. Who's in the middle? Anybody know him? Ty Murray, eight-time world champion, I think, if I remember right. And then who's the guy on the end? Hard to tell? He's a skinny Cody Lambert. <laughs> That's a skinny Cody Lambert right there. Cody Lambert, you know, again, those guys travel together. Obviously, Lane had passed, but those guys travel together, and they were the best. And still are some of the best uh, guys out there. Um, but here's the thing. You say, oh, okay, Bo, what's the goal? What's the goal of this series? Well, here's what I want to get out of this series. For each of us, I, I want to create this idea that there is a need for a Christ-centered friendships. I want you to see the need for it. Because we live in a world where, again, so many people are fickle. They don't stay with you. They don't, they're not loyal anymore. They, you know, they just don't do squat for you. I mean, you, you don't have fun anymore, then, hey, they're out, right? I mean, they just don't want to even be your friend. But the truth is, I want you to see the need for a Christ-centered friendship. Because they're the friends that stick through thick and thin, right? Um, and you say, what else? Well, I want you to learn what that looks like. Here's the advantage that I have. I grew up and I have some amazing Christ-centered friendships. Some of you guys don't. And it's okay. We're going to hopefully through this, you're going to find those Christ-centered friendships. But I want you to see what it looks like. Some of you guys are like, Christ-centered friendship? What the heck is that? You know, I mean, how do I do that? What's that mean? You know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to learn what it looks like. And here's the, the, the last thing. We're going to learn how to have them. I mean, how do I create that? How do I accomplish that? How do I develop Christ-centered friendships? And some of you guys are like, okay, but so how did this come about? You know, how did, how did you get this idea uh, for, you know, having Christ-centered friendships? Well, this past week, I uh, was cleaning out the, we have this garage, and you know, how many guys have a catch-all, like a catch-all room that catches like everything? You know, you like walk in, it's like, I'm a hoarder, put me on a TV show, right? You know what I'm saying? You got a catch-all room. I mean, we had this catch-all room, and we cleaned it all out, and guess what I found? I found, you know, a box or maybe seven boxes of, uh, of stuff that was back from my high school days and my college days, okay? Now, I'm going to introduce some of you kids to certain things. You ready for this? Kids, I want to introduce you to what we used to call a VHS tape. I know some of you guys don't know what these are. But I want to introduce you to one of these. Back in the day, they had these VHS tapes, right? And you would stick them in this big clunky. It wasn't like a CD player. It was one of these. But you stick them in this big clunky thing called a VCR. Remember those? Yeah, VCR. And, and you put them in there and you, you just pray and you can push this button on the side. And look at this. Watch this. Woo. See that? See, you can push the button on the side and then you can actually see the tape, right? Old school right there. Now, here's the thing. If you ever wanted, back in the day, remember this? If you ever wanted to record, uh, you know, over something, you had to break out this little black plastic square. Anybody remember that? Like if you wanted to record over it, you had to, or if you don't want to record over it, which one was it? You leave it and you record on it. If you break it out, then you can't record on it, right? Right. See, some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you can tape over it. So I want to introduce you guys to that. Um, the other thing is I want to introduce you guys to this. Some of you guys have never seen one of these. This is what we call a letter. Now, I know, I know, I know I'm showing my age, but this is a letter. And on this letter, you have things called stamps. <laughs> and this up here in the corner is called a return address. And this is what you, you know, you're writing to the person. This is called a letter and you use a pen. 
I have thousands of these. I found thousands of letters in my, you know, my boxes when I was, you know, looking through those. Um, what else did I find? Okay, so I found a bunch of old, uh, you know, I don't want to say love letters, but, you know, from girlfriends, okay? And I, I did throw those away. Can I get an amen? I mean, I did, I, but I kept one of them because this was so cool. How many of you guys, this girl, she wrote me a letter, but how many of you guys remember the fold? Come on now. The fold. You remember this? I mean, you watch this. You can, uh, you know, take it out like this and then it unfolds and, you know, it has all this fancy, you know, folding type deal and you can fold it back and it tucks in itself. You guys remember that? Anybody remember that? Come on now. This is good stuff. I mean, my, my girlfriend, she called me Lulu. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I had, you know, I found pictures. I mean, I got pictures in here of me from prom <laughs> with some crazy hair. It was good hair. I even had a girl write me a note one time on a barf bag. Was she implying something? <laughs> I mean, I think she broke up with me on it. <laughs> and then she, you know, in the barf bag. But anyways, I want to introduce you to one of these too. Some of you guys have never seen one of these. This is called a cassette tape. Anybody? Anybody remember this? I mean, and here's, here's what's funny about it. The girl that did this, this is actually a tape that, you know, was professionally made. She put, you know, pieces of paper in the top in those squares so that she could record over it. And I actually played it the other day. And guess who was on there? I think, I can't remember for sure, but it was either Journey or Chicago. Come on now. Who, who thinks some love songs from Journey or Chicago? Come on. I mean, I'm not that old, but I was, you know, I mean, but, but I'm just telling you, this is a cassette tape. And here's the cool thing. My wife, she's actually um, with, with her grandpa this, uh, today because it's his 90th birthday. And so she's with him today. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I told Heather, I said, I got all these tapes and all these VHS tapes. I want you to take them with you because in Newcastle, they have this thing, this, this uh, electronic store where they can turn your VHS into DVDs. So one of these days, you're going to get to see some cool old school videos and you say okay but so why why do you why you know why did you start this series well here's what i've learned i read you know i, I wasted i don't know say wasted but i spent almost a whole day reading letters from all my old buddies and all my old friends and here's what i learned i have some great friends I have some amazing friends. I can name them. Andy, Kelly, JJ, Sandy, Billy, Tony, Mel, Mark. All those people that wrote me letters and letters and letters and all this stuff that, you know, I, I just felt, you know, encouraged. I felt, you know, joy in my heart. I felt celebration because I had all these amazing people in my life. And here's what I got to thinking. I got to thinking, man, man, I have some great friends. And guess what? I want everyone that I know to have the great friends like I do. And so, out of that, I, I, God said, Bo, I want you to teach Thousand Hills. You, I, wanted, I want you to teach my church how these people can have great Christ-centered friendships. Because they've made such a difference in my life. And I want you to have what I've had. And what I continue to have. Here's the truth. Many of you have friends, right? They're good people, right? I mean, I've got great friends that are just good people, right? They do good things. They're moral people. They, you know, they brush their teeth. I mean, they do everything kind of right. But you have those friends, but they're not a Christ-centered friendship. Here's the thing. That's okay. It's okay. But here's the thing. I will say this. Christ-centered friendships don't compare to the ones that aren't. And, and some of you guys, and, and I would say this as well, Christ-centered dating relationships don't compare to the ones that don't. Christ-centered marriages don't compare 
to the ones that don't. And some of you guys, you know, again, you're encouraged by that because you have a Christ-centered friendship and Christ-centered relationships, but some of you don't. And can I just tell you, it ought to be your goal, and we're going to make it our goal to learn how to have that in all of our relationships, and especially in our friendships. Um, and here's the thing, and I know I'm setting all this up, and I'm going to get into the meat of it here in just a second, but uh, you know, the next few weeks we're going to really get into the meat of it. But at Thousand Hills, we value certain things, and one of the things that we value is this. We tend the herd. We tend the herd. In other words, we are going to equip you. We're going to protect you. We're going to give you the, the, the food and the feed that you need to be able to grow in your relationship with Christ. Because we believe in tending to the herd. And so then the next month, we're going to start ranch groups. And you say, well, what are those? Well, they're small groups that are going to be able to meet in homes. And you are going to be able to develop, hopefully, some Christ-centered friendships. Some of you guys, again, that's a great thing. Yeah, give it up. Come on, north side, north side, come on. We are going to be able to do that. And so some of you guys are like, man, I'm so disheartened because I sit by myself you know, all the time. I don't have anybody to hang out with. And all the guys that I hang out with, again, they love to go get drunk and do stupid stuff, blah, blah, blah. And listen, we are going to give you an opportunity that I want you to take advantage of so that you can grow in your Christ-centered friendships. Here's the other thing. Some of you families, I mean, you're here and you are, you know, a Christ-centered family and you long to have another Christ-centered family to hang out with. I'm telling you, ranch groups, I want you to be there. Some of you guys are single and you're looking for that right mate. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not, uh, God can do anything and he may be able to bring that mate to you in one of these, these uh, ranch groups. I'm just telling you, the best place to find a, a, a date, best place to find a, a wife is in church. I'm just telling you. And so, you know, maybe you're a teenager and you're thinking, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any Christ-centered friendships. I don't know where to find those. You can find them here. You can find them here. Parents, if you'll encourage your teenagers to go to the youth group on Sunday nights and take part in that, they're going to find some of the best friends that they'll ever have. And they're going to be Christ-centered friendships. And so change, you know, again, some of you teenagers, you need to realize, hey, I want to change my mind on that. You know, I, I, some teenagers, they're just like me, and they think, I can't have fun at church. I can't have fun at youth group. Yeah, you can. Again, some of the greatest times that I've ever had in my life have been in our youth groups. And so hopefully out of this series, we're going to, you know, and out of our ranch groups ministry, you're going to be able to find those Christ-centered friendships. Now, here's the thing. I know some of you guys are thinking some things. You're thinking, Bo, you know, I've got good enough friends. I don't need any more. I, I've got good enough friends. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I can't handle having any more. You know, it, here's, here's what I would answer to that. You can always be better. Your friendships can always be better. You can always grow closer to the Lord. You can always, you know, encourage each other more. There are people, listen, in this church that don't have a Christ-centered friend. And they need you. Maybe more than you need them. They need you to be a part of their lives. And they need someone to pour into their lives. And God wants to use you to make an impact in their lives. So here's the other thing. Some of you guys are like, I'm so old, I don't need friends. I'm fixing to die. <laughs> yeah, I just read some of your minds. You know, I mean, I've had friends all my life. I don't need any more. Now, listen, you have so much wisdom, and, and God wants you to share that with the next generation. Some of these teenagers need a, a, a mentor. 
Some of these, you know, younger families need mentors in their lives so that you can pass on what God taught you and what your parents taught you. Don't waste the rest of your life thinking, I don't need another friend. No, you need one and they need you. And so you you may be thinking, well, I don't have time. (laughs) How many of you guys have thought that? Just be honest. I don't have time for my friends. I don't have time to develop new relationships. Yeah. Uh, can I just tell you this? You know, there, there are people, I don't have time for friends. You know, I've got a job to do. When I get home from my normal job, I got chores to do. I got to take care of cattle. I got to, you know, build fence, all that stuff. Can I just give you a fact? Here's what I know, because I do a, 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 a certain amount of uh, funerals. Here's, here's what I've learned. At the end of a person's life, I've never heard him say, man, I sure, I built a lot of good fence. Man, I took care of a lot of cattle. Man, I drove that tractor more hours than I can count. Something I'm very proud of. Again, is there something to be proud about all those things? Yes. But you know what I do here? I usually hear when someone's dying or they're fixing to die. You know what they say? Man, we had a great time together. Man, I wish I'd have gone fishing with you more. Man, I, I wish I'd have done some more for Jesus. I wish I'd have made a bigger difference in this life and not worried so much about all the material things and developed more friendships, more love between me and my friends. You know what? That's what they, that's what they say. Again, so working more isn't as nearly as important as we think it is than our friends and our family and those that we share love with. It's really that simple. And, and it's really about getting your priorities straight. Here's the other thing that people may say. You know what, Well, I lost a friend. I had a good friend and they stabbed me in the back or I lost them. They died. Some of you guys are here and you've lost a spouse. I'm sorry. Some of you guys have here, you've lost some of your friends. I'm sorry. I am. That's nothing that we take lightly here because there is something, again, that is just indescribable about having a, a, a great mate and a great friend. I'll say this. I lost one of my best friends right out of high school. Um, and, and I can't tell you really, you know, how he lost his life. Um, but anyways, I lost, I lost one of my best friends. And so I know how you feel. But here's the thing that I learned. If I was just to pull, you know, pull into myself and get into this little ball and go, hey, I'm just going to spend the rest of my time not worrying about, you know, loving anybody else because it hurt. And I'm not doing that again. You know what I would have done? I'd have missed out on all the friendships that I have now. I'm just telling you, the, the, one of the best ways that I've figured out how to heal is to have another person in my life that can help me. You know what a lot of these letters were? Bo, you know, I know, I know you're down. I know Sean, which is my friend that died. I know he's, you know, he's gone, but, but God's going to be able to comfort you and, and heal you. You know why I was able to draw that strength and that comfort? Because I had friends. Because I had friends that loved Jesus. And so some of you are like, you know, I got, you know, I lost a best friend. I I can't, you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, the fact is this. God's not through with you yet. He's not through with you. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to continue to make a difference in the world. He wants you to start new relationships and to, lit, to not waste the rest of your life. And so you say, okay, but what, what does a, a traveling partner look like? What does it look like for us to have a traveling partner? You ready for this? Number one is this. You ready? Christ-centered traveling partners have one common purpose. One common purpose. And I'll give you an example like this. 
everybody that rodeos, right? Everybody that travels the rodeo scene, they all, you know, they may have the same drive, right? They may have the same, you know, you know, the same likes. They may have a passion for the sport of rodeo. They may, you know, be ready to and love to have fun. But at the end of the day, they have one common purpose in rodeo. And what is it? Say it louder. To win. Right? I mean, they want to win. They, you know, it's, it's for some people, you know, it's the money. They need the money. Some people, it's the buckle. Some people, it's the fame. But all of them want to win. Now, here's the thing. Tough, Lane, Cody, and all of them, you know, they had one goal in mind. And what was it? It was a gold buckle in the bull riding. And when they would travel together, you know, other, you know, again, other cowboys would groan when they got there. Dang it, Tufts here. You know, dang it, they're going to take the money. They're going to win the top three at least. And, and, and I was talking to my buddy Dan Hendricks, who's not, I don't know if he's in this service or not, but he, he said one time he was talking to Tuff, and guess what Tuff told him? Tuff told him this, that, that those years that they traveled together were the best years that he ever had. Why? Because all those guys wanted to win. They wanted to kick his butt. They wanted him to win. But it was even better when they won because they could tell them that they won, right? I mean, they wanted to win. But so you say, well, what's the point, Bo? Well, spiritually speaking, our traveling partners in life, our closest friendships should be centered around one common purpose. Actually, one common person. You know who that is? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, look at these scriptures together. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says this. It says, he answered, love the Lord with what? Let's say it together. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You know what else it says in Matthew 6, 33? It says, but seek what? First, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. And in a scripture that we talked about last week, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says what? What's the first word? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings in all your what? Ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You say, what does that mean? Well, the greatest friendships that I've ever had are the ones that have Jesus at the center. They're the ones that put him first. They're the ones that trust in him. They're the ones that acknowledge him in all their ways. These friends, guess what? They want to win in the rodeo called life. And guess what? When I hang around these type of friends that want to win for Christ, guess what I do? I win more too. Right? I mean, Luke, you know, or first, you know, Paul describes it as this, you know, first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24, it says this. Don't you realize that that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to what? Win. Run to win. I would say this. Jesus and his disciples are the greatest example of this. And, and, And Jesus, he guess what? He recruited 12 traveling partners. Are you with me? Who were they? The disciples, right? He would go around and he'd say, okay, I want to recruit you. And he said, hey, guys, you know, the the 12 disciples, hey, let's go travel from town to town, much like a rodeo guy, with one purpose. And that is to win the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls for me, for Jesus, for Christ. And so Jesus, he traveled with winners, 
He traveled with those guys that had the heart to go out and win for him. Now, you may be thinking, well, okay, Bo, you know, and I want to clear this up because a lot of people are like, so we're just only to travel with winners. Um, you know, again, you know, can I just say this about the disciples? They weren't all, you know, winners in the world's eyes. Some of them were hated by the world, right? Tax collectors, all these other people. You know, they were hated. They weren't the rich people, right? Even though rich, being rich is okay. They weren't, you know, they weren't the, you know, successful people in the world's eyes. They didn't have a bunch of fancy stuff, but they were winners. You know why? Because they had some try. They wanted to do something that made a difference. They had an attitude that, that was right. They had a commitment that was solid. They didn't just, you know, talk the talk. They actually walked the walk and they bore fruit. And so you say, well, am I not supposed to hang around with, you know, people like that, you know, or people that aren't, you know, winners? No, listen, we're going to we're going to talk about that in, in a minute. But I would say this, the same should be said for us. When we seek out Christ and our friends, they should have that winning attitude. Right. They should want to win the lost. They should want to win over sin. They should desire to help others win, too. Let me give you an example. Of Proverbs 13, it says this walk with the wise and become what? Associate with fools and get in trouble. Trouble chases sinners while what? Blessings reward the righteous. You know what the verse says there? Hang with the wise, you're going to get wise. Hang with those that you know they're fools, you're going to get in trouble. Again, the byproduct of you know, a Christ-centered friendship is that they will make you a winner. They will push you to win. Um, you know, and, and can I just clarify this as well? Because I know some of you guys are thinking, well, okay, so that you're trying to create this little Christian clique or this little Christian corral where all you do is hang out with your Christian friends. Now, listen, I, I want, I want you to hear this. You know, are you, cause people are saying, are you saying that, you know, we're not supposed to hang around with people that aren't winning over sin that, that maybe are living in sin or maybe that, you know, that, that, that don't love Jesus. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not saying forget everyone that loses more than they win. Here's why. That would be contrary to the word of God as well. And it is contrary to why we even have this church. We are called to reach the unchurched world. And so, but here, here, here's what I would say about that. I'll give you an example. And I'll just show you something real quick, okay? Here's, here's what I've learned when I'm hanging around with, I'm going to wake you guys up. If you're asleep over here, get, wake up. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I've learned. When I'm around unchurched people, when I'm around people that don't love Jesus, you know what I try to be? I try to be a thermostat. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, a thermostat, if I change the temperature on a thermostat, guess what? It changes the room. Guess what it does for the room? It changes the temperature of the room, right? It changes the, you know, the climate in the room. It changes the atmosphere in the room. Now, a thermometer, on the other hand, just changes because of the, the, the things that are in the room or the thermostat changes the thermometer, right? Now, here's what I've learned. When I'm around all those people that, you know, again, the F-bomb is their favorite word and, you know, and I hang around with people that, you know, drink way too much and I, I you know, I go to bars and I hang around with people that, you know, may not be the best influence on me and I have friendships that, again, I'm trying to help them win in this game called life and knowing Christ. Guess what? I want to be a thermostat. I taught my daughter this. She's 10, Okay. 
I want to be a thermostat because when I walk into those situations, I do not want to be affected or influenced by some of the crap that goes on in those areas. I want to make a difference and I want to change the atmosphere in the room. Does that make sense? Yeah, South Side got it. Come on, North. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. So, again, so here, here's the thing. If, if you think, well, I'm going to hang around with all my lost friends and I'm just not going to be influenced. No, you will be if you're not prepared. So, I, and when I'm hanging around my Christian friends, guess what I can do? I can be a thermometer or a thermostat. You know why? Because I can trust them to influence me. I can trust their wisdom. I can trust all the things that they say or most of the things that they say if they line up with Scripture. So I can be a thermostat. I can encourage them. I can change their attitude or they can change mine. But when I'm around the lost friends or I'm around these people that, again, maybe don't choose to love Christ, I want to be a thermostat. Think about that. Some of you kids, teenagers, listen. It's okay to hang around with people who don't love Jesus. It's okay. But here's what else I would say. You know the reason why I need Christ-centered relationships is because I spend time with lost people, people that are unchurched. And I'm going to fall if I'm not with those Christ-centered friends majority of the time. Does that make sense? So my closest friends, the closest people to my heart, the closest people that I love the most are the people that love Jesus. And out of that, I find the strength to go into the dark areas and try to bring people out of the pit. Say, come on, and I can lock arms with my other Christ-centered friends, and we can help jerk them out. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And so be a thermostat when you're around those people, and, and, and just thank God that you can be a thermometer, and they can raise your temperature and get you fired up around your Christ-centered friends as well. And so, again, my closest partners, traveling partners, they love Jesus. But I do love the people that don't love Jesus. And that's what fires me up too. And so because Jesus loves, you know, loves us anyway, I'm going to love them anyway. And I'm going to pursue them anyway. Here's the, here's the thing. The, the, the last thing that I want to say. Number two is this. Christ-centered traveling partners, they love Jesus, they love each other, and they love others. Now, some of you guys, you know, again, you're in the rodeo scene. I don't ever hear, remember hearing cowboys in the back, you know, shoot saying, Man, I love you. Have a good ride. <laughs> I mean, that would be weird. And I might want to go, poof, poof, you know, don't, don't ever say that to me again in public, you know? I mean, I've just never seen it. I've never, you know, I've never heard anybody say that. But, but I would say this, in those situations, or in, in, you know, when you travel with rodeo partners, they do love each other. They may not say it, but they do. I mean, when somebody can't pay their entry fees, guess what their buddy does? He pays them for them, Right? When, you know, when, when each other, you know, when you're not writing good, they're your, you know, biggest fan, but they're also, your, you know, an honest critic that can tell you, hey, maybe you need to try this. The other thing is that they may lay down their lives for each other. I mean, I watched a ride one day or the other day that Tough Hedeman was hung up on a bull and there was probably 14 or 15 people that got into the arena and tried to get him unhung. That's love. Right? They laid down their lives for each other. They took them to the hospital afterwards, too. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the great things about having a travel partner in the rodeo, right? They're there to take you to the hospital when you lose your thumb. <laughs> Sorry. No, you haven't lost your thumb. <clears throat> you know, but, but they, you know, they share the wins and the losses, right? 
I mean, you're going to be able to share the wins and share the losses, and you're going to be able to travel together. Why? Because deep down, they love each other. Now, here's the thing. I, and, and you say, well, what's an example of that? I, I, when I watch Lane Frost's you know, funeral, I see an expression of love like I've never seen before. Those tough guys, you know, they, they showed their love. And I would say this as well. The same should be said from our Christ-centered friendships. We should love each other. Again, some of you guys are like, I've never so told anybody I loved them. I, it's weird. You know, it's like, but, but you can show that love in other ways as well. Right? It just doesn't have to be spoken. Look at 1 John 4. It says this, and this is what I want to end on. Dear friends, let us continue to what? Love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is what? Love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Listen, if we're going to have good friendships, then we have to love Jesus We have to love each other, and we have to love others. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes for just a second. Again, Christ-centered traveling partners have one common purpose, and that's winning with Jesus. That's winning with Jesus. And you say, Bo, I don't know how to win with Jesus. Well, today you, you, you can learn. And today I want to tell you, some of you guys are here and you may not know Jesus personally. You may have never trusted him in, in, your, in your heart. Listen, the Bible says that if you will confess him as your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Not only can you be saved, you will be saved. And so some of you are here today and you don't have that Christ-centered friendship with Jesus himself. Can I just encourage you? Give your life to Jesus. So how do I do that? Well, it's just a, it's a simple prayer and you pray it in your, your heart. You mean it with your heart. It's not just a mind thing. It's not just a religious thing. It's a, it's a personal thing. And you just maybe pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm no good on my own. I need you to forgive me of my sin Come into my life. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer with me when I prayed that. Maybe you just prayed it in your heart. Listen, you just now made the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. Because now you begin to to center your life around Christ by knowing Him personally. And so if you prayed that prayer, listen, we're, we're, we're here to help you. Our church is a friend. We want to help you grow in that. Don't you can't do it on your own. You can't grow on your own. You can't, you know, win on your own. Majority of the time, you need people to help you. And so, listen, it starts with a, a personal relationship with Him. But some of you, and, and, and we're going to give you how you can get connected with us in just a second. Some of you are here today, and you're Christians, but Christ isn't the center 
of your life or your friendships that you have. Maybe your commitment needs to be, you know what? If I'm going to have a Christ-centered friendship, then I have to be Christ-centered myself. That means I've got to spend time with the best friend that I've ever had, and his name's Jesus. So maybe your prayer needs to be this in your heart. Lord, make my life centered around you. Lord, I want to be the real deal. And I want others to see Jesus in me. Help me to become more like you. Some of you are here today and and you have some Christ-centered friendships. Can I just tell you, invest in those even more. Can I challenge you to to love even more, to make those, those friendships even more important than the work, than the job, than the things that you think you ought to you know, be doing. No, those friendships and relationships ought to be more important than all those other things. Some of you are here today and you don't have Christ-centered friendships. Can I just encourage you to commit today to be a part of one of our ranch groups? Because in these groups, you're going to be able to find some Christ-centered friendships. And no matter you know what comes up, and again, the devil's going to try to say, you're too busy, man. You can't do that. You, you guys got kids. Oh, those kids, you know, they're not going to be able to get up the next morning. Listen, I, I think God takes care of those things. I know he takes care of those things. When you put him first and you desire to grow in your relationship with him and with others and make that friendship Christ-centered, God's going to bless you. He's going to take care of your kids. He's going to take care of your job. He's going to take care of all those other things. And so maybe you need to say, okay, Christ, you know, okay, God, I, I, want, I want you to be the center of my friendships, my closest friendships. I want to love you. I want to love other people. And I want to love those that maybe don't know you. That's my challenge for you today. Lord, I I come to you right now and I thank you for the friends that I have. Thank you for the Christ-centered friends that are in this room that I have. Thank you for all the love that you've shown me through other people. And Lord, today I pray that you would ignite a fire in some of these people's lives to reach out and to be that Christ-centered friend for someone else so that they can benefit and so that, that, that the person that they're reaching out to can benefit. And so Lord, help us to center our friendships around those people so that we can find strength and we can win the battles of life. Lord, thank you for being the best friend that we could have. Thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always with us. We give you glory. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen to this message. If you have made a commitment today or have questions, you can contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or 580 216 6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.